the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. And as always, as we do every week throughout the entire PGA Tour season, we will play 18 holes, making 18 bets, trying to figure out this week's American Express before we go any further. Gotta tell you as a reminder, the Links and Locks Podcast is Proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free. We are back on the mainland in your adopted home state of California this week. Palm <laughs> Springs, not too close to you, Benny, but uh, the American Express offers on a regular basis some big numbers that have won this event five of the last six have been 50 to one or longer one small problem with that we've got nine of the top 20 players in the world (laughs) for some reason in a non-designated event showing up this week i'm not complaining i love it should be a great week it's just a little strange i think yeah look man i have to i'm gonna have to smash you early here not Palm Springs, the Coachella Valley, Palm Desert, etc. They get very particular about that out there. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, okay. So it's a little further along than Palm Springs, obviously on the way out there. But yeah, the Coachella Valley where we hold this this event, um, three courses, as you know, over the first three rounds, and then we head back to PGA uh, West to finish it off that stadium course there, which has a few similarities to another stadium course uh, that you guys are, are probably um, used to seeing that we will see later in the season. But you're right. I mean, look. this this is a stacked field stacked and so it kind of throws a little bit of some history out the window except for those big names that do return and we've got a few guys that we've got question marks we don't know exactly how they'll go how will they go going to the three different courses will they get frustrated with the way things work um you know playing in that pro-am style out there on out there in the desert i don't know but it's certainly intriguing um leading in after what was a an interesting Sony Open in Hawaii as well, where, oh, my long shot, that 80 to 100 to 1 Chris Kirk that I told you guys about, he looked like it was going to get it done for a long time, but just could not come home. And then yeah. international team legend, Siwoo Kim, smashing it home. Well done, Siwoo. And, and you know, keeping up that trend of, what was that trend you brought up last week? People who had played the week before or or, or something. Did Correct. that catch yes, you? Did yes. that work for you? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. I will get into a heartbreaker that I had last week. I'll I'll mention it as we get to the back nine of our selections. Look, I get it. We've got a lot of big names here. We could probably save everyone half an hour worth of time. There's a non-zero chance that we say, hey, all that money you're going to take on playing some bigger number outrights and a top five and a top 10 and all this, just put it all on John Rom to win. And you (laughs) might have a better chance than sprinkling it around on a whole bunch of other stuff. John Rom is in the field he is right around plus 650 which is the same price he was in a more top heavy yet shorter field shortened field Mm -hmm. as far as the amount of players at the century tournament of champions look he's really really good a lot of this 
could be rendered null and void if John Rahm decides to go out and do what he did a few years ago at this event, which was play his best golf and go win the thing. So, uh, like I said, it is a, a definite possibility that everything we say that is not John Rahm related over the next half an hour is rendered meaningless by John himself. That said, let's get into our picks. Playing 18 holes, making 18 bets. Ben Everell, you're on the tee. Swing away. Yeah, I'll, I'll, before I go to my first of two outrights, as I do, I used to hit one in the beginning and then one at the end. Uh, just to sort of piggyback off what you were saying there with John Rahm. John Rahm is not in my list this week, but please don't take that to mean that I don't think he's worth um, looking at if you're you know, doing your picks, your fantasy, your betting, whatever it is you're doing. Yep. You can't, yep, you cannot ignore John Rahm in some in some way. Um, well, you know, I, and at Kapalura, as I said, when he was this sh- short, I said, oh, let's throw him down for first round leader. It actually came off. I'm not necessarily throwing that out there too because the three courses, I don't know. It's Someone always goes really low. Um, but look, you, you are going to need to have some sort of potential investment on Rahm at some point. I'm an advocate for maybe just waiting and seeing um, after that first round or sort of seeing where he ends up playing and whether you think he's going to surge home or not. Um, and just don't put yourself out there too much in all your other selections. Wherever you go, leave yourself some room to to jump on the Ram train if need be. Um, but that being said, my first winner, I'm not going outside the too much chalk here. Uh, a guy who's threatened in the desert a few times, who both you and I have said we expect big things from after he had a huge finish towards the end of last year. Uh, Tony Finau, uh, for me, is someone that you cannot ignore. Tony is playing his uh, fourth in a row, I think. Um, he was T14 in 2020 when he faded a little bit and probably should have won. Um, well, that was, I think, maybe 2021 when he was fourth. Should have definitely won that year. He's gotten rid of sort of that, what did we say, the gorilla or the whole jungle off his back by winning yeah, a few right, times right. Um, since these these um, close calls he had. So top 10 at Kapalua. I think you sort of must look at Tony Finau in some of those uh, outright markets. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Obviously, Tony, we've talked about him on the podcast many times over the last, oh, three, four, five months, and he has certainly learned how to win, I think, which is something that had eluded him for a while. He always had the talent. Now he's uh, got that winning mentality. All right, hole two, I always like to start out with a long shot for an outright ticket, Ben. My long shot has become much shorter over the last, oh, 12 hours or so. We're taping this on Monday evening. When the odds first came out, Andrew Putnam was somewhere in the 85 to 90 range. Yeah. He has moved very, very quickly. Congratulations to anyone who woke up early, jumped on an Andrew Putnam ticket, and got in there because he is now shortened to 50 to 1. So a lot of people were paying attention. Benny, I can tell you that even before his share of fourth place at the Sony Open this past weekend, he is a guy I'd been targeting. I wrote about him in my one-and-done preview column going into the year. I also was in a season-long fantasy draft with Rick Gaiman and a bunch of other industry folks about a week and a half ago. He was a mid-round pick for me, but I prefaced the pick by saying, I will take 2023 American Express champion Andrew Putnam. (laughs) So I, I have been on him at this place since the beginning, led the field in strokes gained putting at YLI last week, Yeah, we usually like to look at guys who are ball striking a little bit more than guys who are putting, but this one should turn into a putting contest. Nobody's, uh, no winner has failed to break 20 under in more than 15 years 
at the Amex. And so uh, if you're looking for a guy to make a whole lot of putts, you're looking for a guy that's got some win equity, a guy that plays his best golf on the West Coast, Andrew Putnam is sitting right there for you. Yeah, well, they're going to make me shuffle my deck here and bring him up now. I had him under my top 10 at sort of plus 500 or more, depending on how quick you were when you got it. And as you said, those are coming down fast for Andrew Putnam. He's also on my ticket. Um, look, he's I think it's 13 straight tournaments without missing a cut as well. Um, he's been going with a couple of top fives. As you mentioned, top five last week, I think fourth. And at PGA West, since 2018, he's not missed a cut. He's five for five in his last five and four of those top 25s. So <laughs> every streak, every pointer, every marker is pointing to him. That's obviously yep. why there were some smart sharps out there who saw the big odds, grabbed it quickly, and forced that number to just rock it down. Um, you know, we're throwing a bunch of pressure on him probably, so he'll probably open with a 73 now on a course that everyone else should 62. But no, I think Putnam is definitely... Um, definitely good to sprinkle across. You're still getting decent numbers uh, because of how strong the field is. So I had him cited at my top 10 slot. He's got one of those sick Johnson Wagner mustaches going on right now yes. too. So you can't root against a guy with a stash. Hole number four, last week on the pod, I told you my favorite top five play was Cam Davis, the Australian. Mm. I'm going right back to it this time. First of all, I love getting to an Aussie before you do, Ben. That's just one of my favorite things. <laughs> the little pleasures in life, you know? Uh, secondly, when I gave you Cam Davis last week, I gave it with the caveat of I don't necessarily love him at YLI. I just think he's so talented that he can accidentally yeah. work his way into a top five. This is a trio of golf courses. This is a venue where I do like Cam Davis's game, and I do think he has a, a good chance of being right up there. He's played it three times. Two of them were top 30s, the first two. The third was a third-place finish two years ago. I'm not sure why he didn't play last year. That uh, might give me a little bit of pause just after he finished in solo third in 2021 and then didn't show up for a year. You might have an answer to that, but other than that, I like everything else about him, 10 to 1, for a top five play this week on Cam? Uh, I am totally going off a memory that could be completely wrong. And by the way, you forced me to shuffle. He's on my card again. I didn't have as much faith. I put him in the top 20 bracket, plus 240, 250, depending. Um, but only because I've already filled the other slots. I, I do think he's worth value right across the board. Um, but as I said, my memory serves me. He may have just had the flu or had a, was a little sick um, okay. this time last year. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, it also could have been to do with uh, the way that the schedule panned out and he was probably in some bigger events that he hadn't been in before, i.e. probably going to Genesis or probably going to whatever it was. Um, but that T3 you spoke of, like he had legitimately, you know, could have won that as well. Like he was in, in it, had a chance, never sort of up in front and didn't go backwards, but just was surging, putting pressure on. Um, I remember I was hope, riding him home, trying to get him there couple of years ago. So he's on my ticket again, back to the well, Cam Davis. Uh, I have him in the top 20. All right. Uh, I like that. I'll get to the sixth hole. I'm going to shuffle my deck a little bit here too, just because I mentioned that I had two Aussies on my card. No. I mentioned one right there in Cam Davis. Sixth hole, Jason Day, <laughs> who was playing some very good golf at the end of 2022. Yep. You're laughing, Benny. I don't know if that's a oh, I'm laughing because I have him as well, or I'm laughing because that's a terrible pick. I'll find out from you in a second. At the end of 
last year. He finished 21st or better in four of his last five starts. He's at plus 240 for a top 20 finish. Here's what I really like at Bet365, where you can bet final leaderboard placement. You can get him at 50th or better, minus 120. Jason Day, I get it. He's not the same Jason Day that was once number one in the world. This is what happens when you were number one in the world. Now you're outside the top 100. You have to go to different events that maybe you never envisioned yourself going to. Came to this one last year, had a couple of good rounds, a couple of really poor rounds at PGA West. I expect a little bounce back this year. <laughs> well, I had the exact same, the uh-huh. exact same bet. So lucky I wrote down two in that special market bet 365 puts out. So I will just say, yep, uh, to what you said with Jason. He practices, he bases himself in, in that area uh, this time of year because of snow in Ohio. He's been practicing well from all reports. Um he never used to, in the old days, even though he practiced there, he wouldn't play in this event, but he's switching it up. He wants to get a little bit of rust off before his very favorite Tory Pines, where I can, you know, get ahead of the game. You guys know I'm going to throw him into my card at Tory Pines, always do. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, I, I, will he win? Will he push for a win this week? That's one of these, one of these events that it's hard to know if he'll do that just because of all the anomalies that can happen and how he can lose concentration, little sections or pieces. But when I saw that 50, whatever it was, top 50, was it 52? Um, the wrote down here that I was like, well, surely, surely he's got that in him um, with all the practice and sort of coming up. And as I said, apparently practicing the house down and striking the ball brilliantly. So, um, but I'll go to the net. My, I'll use the same market because they're all minus 120. It's just whether what position they are, bet 365. And I saw that, um, Tom Hoagie was 38th or better you could get. And I think Tom Hoagie will finish higher than 38th. Um, you know, look, look, he was T6 and uh, a couple of years back there, he was second uh, in 2022 when there was a 54-hole cut. So surely, surely. I mean, last week he had to do the whirlwind trip for the national championship from Kapalua to LA back to Wailai. So I don't take much in that. And he still was sort of potting around up there making the cut with a good grind on Friday. So 38th or better, Tom Hoagie, I think that's a good bet in that market. Yeah, if people are sitting here listening to these final leaderboard placement bets and thinking, yeah, well, of course he's going to finish better than that. Of course Day is going to finish better than 50th. Uh, Yeah, uh, might just be a reason to get on bet 365 and uh, play some of these. I really like the over under leaderboard positions on there. All right, I'll get to the eighth hole. I'm sticking with your international teamers, Ben, and the guy that I really like to have a big year is Taylor Pendrith, has not played in two months. The last time he teed it up was at the RSM Classic. He was 15th that week. He's had some time off. I'm hoping that Taylor Pendrith hasn't spent all his off time in his native Canada. I believe he's got a place uh, in sunny Florida, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I remember him telling me that. Uh, not that long ago. And so if that is indeed the case, I assume he's been playing golf. He's been outside. He's been ready to go. And he is all prepared for his 2023 debut. I will play Pendrith for a top 10 at plus 650. And Benny, this will be a popular one for me. I'll have a lot of Pendrith plays over the next six, seven, eight months. Yeah. Look again, he's another one that I remember penciling down immediately for um, Tory Pines. I just thought, Oh, I bet he has a big week there smashing the ball and keeping it keeping it in play but 
Um, I think you're right. I think he's like Cam Davis and that we're going to see a breakout from um, the international team being part of that uh, and have a very big year. So I, I can't go against you uh, in that at all. Um, all right, let me go to my long, long shot. I've got two long shots, but one of them is sort of just like yours. It's sort of come in. So I'll get to that one in a bit more. But I'm going to throw another Aussie out there at you. Totally on the bandwagon after last week. But Aaron Badley, who finished in the top 10 at um, Sony after getting in through qualifying, um, plus 1,800 for a top 10, plus 700, sorry, 700 for a top 10, 1,800 for, um, so yes, plus 1,800 for a top 10, plus 700 for a top 20. Um, Bads is a form guy. Uh, and he's yeah. and he's playing with house money, right? Like, and he loves going out to those courses where you just got to make a bunch of putts and get low. Um, he's been working pretty well with a new coach over the last sort of year or six months. Things have been going well. He said he took a lot of confidence out of Sony because um, he didn't necessarily think he was getting hitting the ball as well as he could going in, but then he was able to actually lock it in during the play, still get the ball in the hole, still score pretty well, and he thinks he's still got a lot of improvement in him. So the confidence of being able to score well, get a good result without necessarily feeling like he's hit his straps, that gives me confidence that Bads can sort of run the streak and keep going. Uh, Look, do I think he's going to win the tournament? Very unlikely, but the odds that he's showing across the board, it might even be 300 to 1 or something to win it and right down through. uh, I think that he's a guy that you could have a little nibble here and there and maybe have some luck. I'm looking it up right now just because I knew I wasn't going to believe it. Aaron Baddeley is 41 years old. He turns 42 in two months. How's that for making you feel old? Jeez. Where does the time go? Him and I are the same age. And I remember when I was sitting there as a pimple-faced teen watching him win (laughs) his Australian Open – and I, what was I doing with my life? I was, you know, like getting ready to maybe go to college to become a sports journalist. And here he was just already winning the Australian Open as a 17-year-old amateur. Um, sensational stuff. You know what he did admit this week too, which I found was sort of sobering and good to hear that him actually be honest about it. But he's, you know, thought about and he, he was asked whether he had achieved what he thought he should have because he was the whiz kid. As I of said, course. he won two Australian Opens in a row, got a special invite to the Masters back then as an amateur just because he won the Australian Open as an amateur back in those days. He's won four times on the PGA Tour, but he said, look, if you had given that to me back then, I would have told you to go jump, basically. Like, that would not be good enough. Um, and he thinks he still has more to give the game, and he knows that this is his time. So with all that good talk, um, another guy that, you know, if he could find his way into Riviera, he's, he's won there before. Um, but yeah, he's going to need some sensational play the next few weeks. Yeah, I like that he's saying all the right things, Benny. Uh, congratulations on now being a pimply faced 41 year old yeah. who's living <laughs> out all of your dreams instead of what you were yeah. doing back at 17. All uh, right. So we make the turn. One more reminder that this Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sports book brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION. To get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado, $1 on any game, get $200 for free. We make the turn. We get to the 10th tee. I am on the tee, and Benny, it's time for a little story time. As you might recall, last week on the podcast, my first-round leader play 
for the Sony <laughs> Open. Happened to be a young rookie named S.H. Kim. <laughs> and looked at some stats. I found that in eight tournaments so far this year, he posted scores of 68 or better in five of those opening rounds. I liked it. I liked the number. I think it was 80 to one. Yeah. So I played S.H. Kim. Well, S.H. Kim was in the afternoon wave. And he was five under through 16 holes with three players in the clubhouse at six under holding a share of the lead. Yes. Now he's towards the end of the afternoon wave. They get delayed for darkness. And so play is suspended. Come back on Friday morning. He's got to play the very difficult long par three 17th hole. Comes away with it from a with a par. Uh, that's fine. It's the 18th hole, which is a birdie hole if we've ever seen it and yielded a whole bunch of eagles last week as well. We need mm -hmm. birdie for a four-way chop of that first-round lead. Eagle, we get it all by ourselves. All right, look at my chops. S.H. Kim, let's go get him. Drive, just a little right of the fairway. That's okay. Second shot, oh, he missed the green to the left to the greenside bunker. Okay, not too bad, though. Greenside bunker shot, oh, boy, he's got a chance. Ooh, doesn't make it for Eagle, but it winds up five feet from the hole. All right, here it is. Roll it in, birdie putt for SH Kim. We get a four-way chop for the first round lead. Only one little problem. Can you guess, Ben Everell, what the problem was? I'm going to say that there might have been a lip out involved or something. He's got to make that putt. Yeah, I, I, I still couldn't bring myself to watch it. I have not seen it, but somehow the ball did not go into the hole from five feet away for SH Kim. <laughs> he makes par. Shoots just a... A brilliant five under 65. Only one shot back. Really no big deal other than ripping <laughs> up all the SH Kim tickets that we've got on them. All right. All that said, let's get to my first round leader play for this week. And remember, three courses in the rotation. Your book should have three different first yeah. round leader options available. It should have PGA West, the stadium course. It should have the Nicholas tournament course. And it should have La Quinta. If it doesn't, Here's my tip. Go hammer the players who are at La Quinta, which is yep. traditionally the easiest of the three courses, yields the lowest scoring average. If they split them up, well, we're just going to take the best guy available. And my first-round leader play, based on whatever course he's on, because the tee times are not out yet, you know what, Benny? I'm a glutton for punishment. Give me S.H. Kim one more time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now I do remember... I do remember seeing him coming up the leaderboard um, late Thursday, and I couldn't remember what your pick was. I was like, "Did he pick him for the tournament, first round lead, whatever it was?" And I had to go back, and I did. I did have a giggle that the just the fact that they went to darkness because I'm like, "Oh, he's got a he's got a weight yep. on that now." Yep. And then I forgot all about it. To be honest, the next morning I forgot to check like how he finished off. Um, so that's that's a good story. I love it. And look. I think I said when you picked him last week, he is another player that you do need to keep your your finger on the pulse there. It's a young guy who's coming up and coming up through, uh, you know, maybe not Tom Kim, but definitely someone you've got to keep an eye on, right? And speaking of first-round leader, sad stories. At least you were in with a shot. My method of going with the favourite, Tom Kim, he was disastrous at Sony and showed once again that no matter how good you are, you probably need at least one, one trip round walleye before you do any good there if you had gone down the list of favorites though how nice of a bet would it have been to have jordan spieth 
first yes. round leader and then not have him for the whole tournament. Of course, he wound up missing the cut. What, 64, yeah. 75 Crazy. last week. Right. So, the, the, you know, the methodology is there. Those top guys, if, they're, if, they're, if their numbers aren't great. And so I looked at it again. Look, that's where, if you, you know, we want to go back to the well there. That's where you could look at Ram, but you're not going to get a whole lot more. It's going to be similar to what happened at Kapalua. You might get, what, 12 to 1, 11 to 1, that he'll be the first round leader. That might be where you decide to get a little bit of Ram action ahead of ahead of time, um, yep. especially if you can find uh, where there isn't a chop um, with ties. Uh, okay, so next for me, what are we up to? The eleventh, eleventh hole. So I'm going to give you a guy that I was that I had originally slated for my top five, but I've moved him from that to this bet instead. You know, I found a group bet. Um, it's the top five. He was four fifty. This gentleman, but three fifty. You can get just to beat four others. So to beat Will Zalatoris, Aaron Wise, Tom Kim, and Taylor Montgomery at plus 350, rookie of the year, Cameron Young. Cameron Young, people would forget, but this was a tournament a year ago that he was in sensational form and looked like he should yes. like streak them and then had an absolute shocker on the final day. Um, so it was a 77, I believe, T40, after sitting T5 right in the mix, everyone was like, who is this young guy? You know, he's going to fly here. And I was one of those like, wow, who is this guy? You know, like, and then, you know, I lost faith. I must admit a few weeks through that until I met him personally uh, at Genesis a few weeks later and got to talk to him and found his backstory. But look, I think he's the type of guy that's out for redemption, honestly. Um, as I said, I liked him for a top five at 450, but when I saw 350 to just beat four others, I'm, I'm looking at that. So if you find any groups or matchups that that you take a fancy to with Cameron Young, keep an eye on him across um, all your markets. I like that a lot because, and I should have gotten into this earlier, for the most part, and I will have some John Rahm and maybe some Patrick Cantlay investment in DFS at the very least, but um, I, I just don't think I, I'm going to be betting them in an event where we've seen so many long shot winners over the last handful of years. And so, uh, I'm essentially fading the top of the board, but the way to have some sort of small investment in some of these guys near the top is to play them in matchups against each other. Cam Young is absolutely a guy I would play. Some of those matchups, uh, let's say like a Tom Kim, Xander Shoffle is a big fade for me. I cannot yep. believe he's teeing it up this week after withdrawing with a back injury from Kapalua mm -hmm. just less than two weeks ago. So that's one where I'll try to target him. But yeah, I do like that play. All right. I'm going to keep going down my list of props on the 12th hole. I'm going to go with a top 30 bet. I like the top 30 bets. Not all books have them, but you can get Matthew Neesmith at plus 240. Uh, yep. One of the game's better ball strikers. The one thing I really like about Neesmith, I think that as of a year, two years ago, Ben, he was sort of pigeonholed as one of these guys that only plays well on Southeastern Bermuda grass golf courses. Like he, he just kind of, he had his style and that was about it. What we saw from him in the fall part of the schedule is, okay, Sheriff Ninth place at the Sanderson Farms. Makes sense. That's his kind of golf course. Runner-up at the Shriners out in Vegas. He played well there in the past, but that's still okay. We're branching out a little bit more. And the very next week, a Sheriff Ninth at the Zozo out in Japan, which is way off his radar. I love the fact that Matthew Neesmith's repertoire of golf courses where he can contend continues to get bigger and bigger. I'm I'm being a little conservative here, but a top 30 at plus 240, I think is a nice play. 
I'm trying to find a reason to call you silly, but I got nothing there. He's um yeah, no, he's good. <laughs> he's good. Um and you know, again, another one of those guys that I've loved just keeping an eye on in the back. Granted, it's so silly when you first get an first get someone into your head and then you start paying more attention. I think we might have mentioned this on the pod, you know, a year ago or whatever, but um, you know, I saw his bag uh playing after Augusta National one year at, at one of our favorite courses not far from there. Um and just sort of started watching him from that point on. Um, and yeah, he's got the goods. He's just got to put it all together in sort of a more consistent basis. And he's on that, he's on the way there. So um, good play. He, um, he is also, by the way, one of these guys and not everyone is like this. I know most fans would like to think that every guy on the PGA tour loves playing golf. Like, Hey, on my day off, I go play more golf. Matthew D Smith is though that kind of guy. He loves playing golf, loves working at it, loves the grind. And so uh, that's one of the reasons I also like him too. Beauty. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to take it to my top five play that I pivoted from young to grab this gentleman. Um, left-hander been in reasonable form since 2016 at the American express, six out of seven cuts, all of those top 25. Had two um, T3s in that time. Has been par or better in every round. That is Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon plus 650 I saw for a top five or around about that. Uh, look, I just, again, sort of set up with Badzu. He's just sort of taking the hot hand and someone who's flying along. I believe he's the highest placed guy in the FedEx Cup without a win at the moment. Um, him and Taylor Montgomery might be fighting over that uh, spot. But yeah, like, look, just the form there, the way he's going. Um, he's one of those guys that seems to pop up at this tournament most years. Uh, he just needs a little bit of luck and he can win it. So I like that 650 number for the top five. I like that a lot. Uh, very sharp better who uh, I know only has a couple of plays this week so far. One of them is Brian Harmon. So take that for what it is. One of the other ones is the guy I'm about to mention with my 14th hole, and that's Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler, I've got him written down here for a top 40, which pays plus 230. So it's still a nice plus money play just to finish in that top 25 percentile or so. That said, Bo Hostler at 200 to 1 as a massive long shot isn't necessarily a bad play, and I'll tell you why. He was fifth on the PGA Tour in putting last season. He's 18th in limited amount of starts already this season. The guy rolls it really, really well. There's a chance, and especially you know, Benny, being out in California, they've had torrential rain through the yeah. area, even in the desert. I know it's the desert. They've even had rain in the desert. Yep. And so these courses could be softer than usual. There might be more birdies than usual. You're going to need someone that can put the lights out Bo Hostler yep. can do that. So, again, I've got him written down for a top 40. That's the play here, but I certainly don't mind a big ticket on him as a, a lottery-type play later on. All right, before I, just before I get to my 15th hole here, which is essentially was my long shot, but at 60-1, to 1, do you call that a long shot or not when there's guys 300, 400, 500 to 1? I don't right, know. Right. But I just wanted to get your thoughts because he's not on my book on our winner last week, Siwoo Kim. Uh, look at who has won this event before um, a couple of years ago. Uh, yep. I found myself thinking I was going to write him down just um, to to talk to him on a little bit. I thought I was going to write him down for sure somewhere. And then I stopped myself. And I know Seaworth pretty well, whatever. Just 
I can't help but think about that erraticness that he usually shows. And like, I don't know why I don't think why is everyone else I was, as I said, all these other guys, I'm thinking momentum running through, et cetera. For me, it looks, I, I look at Siwoo and go, he's probably still, you know, having a good time, celebrating, whatever. And he probably turns up with no expectation and no cares this week. Is that making him more dangerous or does that make him someone to stay off? Okay. So I'm glad you brought up Siwoo because I've got some thoughts on him. If you go back to two years ago and think about Siwoo and, and your thoughts on him and what he was like as a player, especially for the betters out there. A lot of betters loved him because he had that massive upside. Yeah. That 2021 Amex win was his third in his career. Also had won the Wyndham in 16 and of course the Players' Championship in 2017. But the high ceiling was offset by a very low floor. It was all or nothing. And so Siwoo's a guy that would have a 80 to 1, 100 to 1 type number next to his name because he missed a lot of cuts and played a lot of very poor golf on a regular basis. But at any moment could turn it around and go win a golf tournament. So he was a favorite of betters because you were getting that high ceiling. If you look at Siwoo last season, it was a complete turnaround. It was a low ceiling. He only had one top 10 finish, but a really high floor. He made the cut in 23 of 29 starts. This season, it's been much of the same thing with five made cuts and five starts, but that high floor is now coming with a higher ceiling as well. So like you, I'm not sure I necessarily want to jump on him to go back to back. It just doesn't happen very often, but I do like playing that floor instead of playing the ceiling. And I think it's really smart to look at Siwoo against some players that you might not like in that 30 to 40 to one range where wow. you can find him even money or even plus money in some head to head matchups this week. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's it's really well thought out and, and good answers because uh, like I said, look, the reality is he's won it. Then he was T11 on, I think, defending his title. Um, he was definitely more consistent. And that's what, in the end, got him picked for the President's Cup because we wrote a story a year ago, literally a year ago, for this week in his title defense with um, Trevor Illman talking about Siwoo and basically saying, um, we know he can make birdies. We know he can do that and he'd be great he'd be great in match play. He's not scared of anyone, which turned out to be the case. He probably, between him and Tom Kim, led the team the whole time and gave us a chance, albeit a, a small one, to pull out an upset. But he said, I just need to see him be a little bit more consistent. And that's what he did last year. You know, he still showed the birdies in bunches, but he was able to put up a few um, results as well. And so maybe it's yeah. the maturing. He just got married. He just got everyone else. So he's not on my board. I felt a little bit uneasy about it. I'm glad you've come through with the with the chat. There are spots to use him. Um, use with that what you will. Anyway, back on to hole 15 and my long shot. What are you thinking about our man Sahithi Gala at 60 to 1? I was I'm saving him for that... a couple more holes. Ah, there you go. So That's so what I think of him. Yeah. Sahithi Gala. I think this is the exact type of course where we could get that breakout moment. And when he does, yep. we've talked about this, when he gets that win, say goodbye to the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 50s to one, that's it. He'll then sit into that slot where he'll be 22 to one starting every tournament for at least a year. Um, he had a good chance, um, you know, apart from Cam Young just being brilliant all year last year, he would have been the rookie of the years, runner up in that in my mind. He had a 62 at the tourney, Nicholas tournament course last year uh, in this tournament. Finished, I think, 30th or somewhere around that, that mark, but 
this was early in that season, remember, early in his rookie season. He's so much better now. Top sixes, he's had a few of those in recent times. I think that's a good long shot bet across the board. Sahith Bigala, 60 to 1. Benny, as you know, I always save my favorite outright play for the 18th hole, but I'm going to move it up to the 16th hole this time around because (laughs) it is indeed Sahith Figali. You're right on. Um, Yeah, anywhere from 50 to 1 to 60 to 1 in most books right now. And uh, look, I I like targeting him on the West Coast. He's a California guy, uh, putts better on the West Coast. And, And I think one where you can make a lot of birdies makes a whole lot of sense. I will say, This is not without some trepidation because Benny looking back at the stats, Figala was not inside the top 50 in any major statistical category last season. And he's not inside the top 50 in any major statistical category this season. So why do we like him so much? This is the opposite of what I do on a regular basis. There are very few instances where I would tell you this, but I'm going with the eyeball test over the analytics. And I almost always go analytics in these situations, but Sahith has this intangible quality where he gets into contention and he's able to just play his best golf. And look, even the times he's gotten into contention, other than total strokes gained, which is essentially what it is, that's showing yeah. how far you are up the leaderboard, uh, the rest of the stats aren't great. He's not going to hit it 330 off the tee. He is not going to lead the tournament and strokes gained on approach shots. He's probably not going to be the best chipper and putter this week, but I just feel like he's got that mentality. When he gets his name on the leaderboard, he can go step on the gas pedal and play really good golf. And I like the number this week. Been saying it for a year now. You're not going to get the gala in tournaments like this at numbers like these for much longer. So take them while you can. Yeah. He's the dog. He's the like Cameron young. I said, keep coming back to him, but did last year. He was in Cam Young kept popping up in the majors or in big events with other stars around. I, I see Thigala being that guy this year too. You know, like he might not win a designated event, but I guarantee you he'll be there when the whips are cracking in at least two one or two of them. You know, like he will be the the name that the non non-golf fan every week who's who's uh you know tuning in goes, who's that guy? You know, like he will be right. that guy multiple times this year. You know, I could see him being one shot off the lead after a round at the Masters, you know, or whatever it is, you know, like something along those um, lines. I think he's going to put himself in contention a few, quite a few times in big events. And I think before that happens, he's, you know, as I said, that 50 to 161, you ain't getting that once he once he makes that move. And this could yep. be it. Yep. Um, all right, 17th all. All right, so I'm going back to chalk for my favorite pick. I hate doing it. The odds aren't that great. But I just have a feeling this guy's got to win this tournament at some point, and that's Patrick Cantlay. Um, yeah. He just keeps being boringly good in the desert out there and keeping himself in the mix. And, you know, it's it's actually a surprise to me he hasn't won it three times out of three times playing it um, when he's had those chances. That, uh, I tried to stick away from it, like, but he's just re- – reality is he's a machine, right? Was he? he was like ninth, second, ninth, seemingly without trying. Um, yep. If he actually has a go, and he may this time have more of a go just because of the le- the other guys in the field. That could be that little kicker that makes him really bite down for all four rounds. Um, I, so, I uh, believe, yeah. Ben, he has a chance to become number one in the world with a win this week. 
well, there you go. So, which could be a little extra motivation for him. Yeah, a little extra motivation because he does like he has a little chip on his shoulder, likes to play under that. You know, sort of a poor man, Xander, his good friend, likes to play as an underdog and feel like people don't rate him. Um, but I, yeah, I expect I expect he'll do much better than his mate Xander this week and yeah. uh, be, in, be in contention. So, look, it's it's boring to say the current number is not exciting. Maybe you wait for that first round, see if you want. But I think you can't ignore Patrick Cantlay in this tournament, at least until he doesn't finish in the top 10. <laughs> It all makes a lot of sense. I wrote my column this week. I always give a safe DFS play, sort of a high-end play that should pay off. I said, look, the safest play on the board is the most expensive play on the board. It's John Rahm. If you want to get just a little bit contrarian and save a little bit of money, then your play is Patrick Cantlay because I think he's, uh, if not just as good as Rahm, it's it's a very, very close 1B to well, that. Let, so Let me ask you this real quick before you go to your last yeah. one. Um, if you used that theory that you talked about in one and done's with Thomas in the um, century, which yep. was forget forget holding anyone back, I'm just going to hit the guy. Who would be your guy this week? Would it be Cantley? Yes, probably. Or, yeah, or Finau I, maybe, right? Like, yeah, Cantley. It's probably Cantley for me. I like yeah. him better than Finau. If it's just a hey, you know what? I'm not. I'm burning whoever I want to burn. Yep. I'll yep. figure out the rest of them when I get there. So yeah, if you're in a one and done pool, uh, yeah, it's probably Cantley. I mean, I, I I guess you could say the same thing about Rom that you can't go yeah. wrong with John Rom either. You probably hold on to John Rom at least for another couple of weeks till we get to Tory Bynes, yeah, if not Tory. one of the major championships. But um, yeah, you know Patrick Cantley could be that guy. I, I will probably go much deeper with one and duns this yeah. week and, and save one of those guys. But um, yeah, if you're completely throwing caution to the wind and just going with a High-end contrarian pick. Yeah, Cantley might be my guy for that. All right, 18th hole since I already gave up my favorite outright play. I'm just going to give you three other long-shot plays that I like in sort of all formats this week. Wyndham Clark, 70-1, to really good butter. I don't love the number in the outright marketplace. I was I, I thought he might be triple digits this week. Yeah. 70 isn't great. Maybe we wait a day or two, see if he's just kind of – being sneaky on the leaderboard, maybe the price drops a little bit, but uh, I do like Wyndham Clark, especially on the West Coast. Will Gordon playing some really nice golf right now. He is 110 to one. And then Luke List, to me, this is just an autoplay, and I wrote it in my column this week, but Luke List has opened up in some books at 200 to one. He was 11th place at Kapalua just a couple of weeks ago. He had some injuries after winning at Torrey Pines last year. I think that's more the type of place where he'll win where scoring conditions are tougher and his ball striking can get him to a win. He is not one of the better putters out there. That said it's 200 to one on a guy that I think is completely undervalued. Maybe you take a chance there. Yeah. Good stuff, mate. You've, we've given it quite a few well-rounded picks. I think, I think you've nailed this. Usually we, you know, usually we're looking at the American express with all due respect, just sort of taking a little easy, like, okay, we've got a few guys to look at some, up and comers, some long shots, and some sort of things coming. Um, we've got a, you know two or three big game, big guns, but this one's going to be intriguing, as we said from the air. Like so many options, so many great players, but it still could end up being that long shot that you're not expecting coming through. Because this is where we're heading with these designated events. Let's be honest, right? We're going to have some weeks that have a few more big players than others. But are those big players going to be giving it their 100% or are they there giving it their 95, 90, 
looking yeah, forward to the yeah. week after, right? Like these are the things we're going to feel out this season. Um, you know, is John Rahm there because he likes it? He's won there, and he, but he's really just trying to keep the role going for Tory, or is he really targeting this as no? I'm going in all guns blazing. I'm just going to keep winning. It's it's an interesting sort of mindset and phenomenon we're going to be tracking all year. One last point, Benny. We mentioned it off the top. It's worth saying again because a couple of years ago during COVID, this was a uh, 36-hole cut. They only played one golf course. Back on three golf courses for the second year in a row, uh, back to a 54-hole cut. That changes your perspective a little bit. If you're playing make-cut, miscut props, if you're playing DFS this week, maybe it's a little more of a studs and duds type of lineup because even the guys who might miss the cut, those lower price guys, they're still going to get 54 holes in and not just 36. So some decisions to be made based on that, which I think is important. Thank you everybody out there for listening to this edition of the links and locks best bets podcast. Remember you can find us anywhere you, where you find your favorite podcast, download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week during the, PGA Tour season, Links and Locks, Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365, of course, for Ben Everill. I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's American Express. Here's open you. Hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.